0: Hey everybody, welcome to Goals Network, the official podcast of the Great One Hockey League Simulation. My name is Evan and I'm going to be hosting the show here. You may also know me by my player's name, Anya Scola, as the owner of Calgary, or as the new minor league commissioner. I'm looking forward to talking some Goals Hockey here with you guys today. And uh, we've got a recap of last week's preseason coming up, as well as a look ahead into week one of the regular season as we kick off season two. I've also got a preview of some of the top candidates for the year-end awards as we enter the season, and I'm going to have a couple of guests here on towards the end of the show. Looking forward to having those conversations and sharing those results with you guys as well. All that's coming up, so let's get started. All right, so yeah, we had a really great preseason here to kick off Season 2 last week. We have three days of action-packed hockey, five games a day, Each team got to play once per day, as uh, is going to be the case here in the regular season as well, with five nights a week, every team getting a game a day. Uh, The expansion team seemed to fit in really nicely last week, and really all teams got to showcase some of the rookies that they drafted in the recent uh, Season 2 entry draft. So that was exciting to see those guys get to play a little bit more than we probably will see them in the regular season. These games had everything from games going to double overtime, a team putting up 45 shots on goal in regulation, and a rookie scoring a hat trick, among other things. And we saw some amazing passing plays, some really nice uh, shots, some snipes, and of course we had the odd lucky bounce to beat the goalie. With how much action these 15 games in three days had, I cannot wait to see what the upcoming 250 game regular season plus playoffs has in store for us. Looking forward to that, and let's start talking about Week 1. With Week 1 and Season 2 just around the corner here, it's a really exciting time here in Goals. We're going to see the season open up on Monday as relocation franchise Anaheim makes a trip into Calgary in a battle between Josh Young and Christian Bacigalupi between the pipes. Those two goalies joined the league right around the same time with Bacigalupi being claimed off waivers last season by Calgary and Josh Young stayed in the minors to finish out the season and become a first-round pick in the following entry draft. We're not going to have to wait long to see the defending champs raise their banner as Florida plays host to Vegas on the second game of the night and Philly, meanwhile, is going to open their season in Detroit for the second season in a row with the expansion teams all playing in the final two games of the night as their pro debuts kick off. After that, the week just keeps rolling as Calgary is going to be facing playoff teams on Tuesday and Wednesday as they fell just short in the playoff race last season. Expansion team Minnesota sees only fellow expansion teams for the first three days before clashing with league heavyweight Detroit on Thursday. We're going to have to wait until week two before we see the long-awaited battle for Canada now that we have two Canadian teams in the league and we won't be able to see a finals rematch until late into week two. Okay, so now that we've looked into week one and a little bit into week two, let's look a little bit further ahead here and and pick out some candidates who could take home some silverware with the year-end awards. I'm going to go through each of the voted-on awards and pick out some candidates that could take home the trophy in Season 2. And then, of course, I'm going to mention who has won the award already in Season 1 and give them a little bit of a shout-out as well. I'm not going to talk about the Ambassador Award, really, just because it's hard to predict who's going to help out the league, but uh, congratulations to Doug Britton for winning that, for all that he does to help out the prospects. Well-deserved, so congrats to him. And, uh, yeah, let's get into the rest of the awards now. So, I'm going to start with the big one, the most valuable player award. Went to Detroit's Emilia Rose last season who led the league in goals and in points. Some candidates to take it next season are uh, Ren Lysander out of Calgary who was in the MVP voting at the end of the season and led last season in assists with 25. Uh, Detroit teammate of Rose Tazzy Cameron, also a finalist for the MVP last year, is obviously a clear candidate to try to take it home this season, as she was second in, goal, sorry, second in points last season. Other forwards that are in the running are Philly's Gunny Gunny and St. Louis's Fab Freddy. On the back end, I've picked out Johnny Blaze as a possible MVP candidate, as he moves from Florida to Ottawa and tries to lead a team... An expansion team there who uh, who's going to need some good leadership, and he's a great player and a great guy to do that leadership. Between the pipes, there's a couple of candidates here, as everybody, I'm sure, is expecting these two names, between Coco Raccoon of Minnesota and Mike Twinscrew of Vegas. Those two battled for top goaltender last season, and uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch them go to battle again, and they're obviously candidates for the MVP award. For the Lidstrom Trophy, that would be for the best defender in the league. Last season, it was Florida's Johnny Blades, who's now in Ottawa. Some candidates to take home that award, some of the finalists from last season, some other all-stars, and uh, just generally some of the top defenders in the league here. We've got Mikey Adams from Florida, Jacob Stahl from Calgary, Doug Glad, of course, from Detroit, the highest-rated player in the league got retro franco aaron kozak and of course doug breton some really good defenders here i'm looking forward to seeing the race for the lidstrom trophy and it's going to be a fun season for sure for the patrick wad trophy now for best goaltender we've got last year's winner was none other than coco raccoon of boston at the time now in minnesota Some top candidates, as I mentioned, for the MVP award. There's Mike Twinscrew of Vegas, but also some other top goalies that could take home this trophy. There's Eliash Rose from Detroit, James Stone from Florida, and Chris McBride of Philadelphia. Going to be interesting to see those goaltenders go to battle and see who brings home this trophy. Chris McBride really turned it on last season late and carried Philly into the playoffs with a late-season push. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that going into Season 2. And now the last trophy I'm going to talk about here is a new one. So there was no winner last season because everybody was rookies. This season, the Rookie of the Year Award is the Timu Solani Trophy after his 76-goal rookie season, rightly named. Some trophy candidates here. I'm not going to go too into detail because I picked out quite a few. But I'll mention some of them here. We've got... First overall pick, Devin Simser. First round, defensive defenseman Andy Young and Juan Kameny. We've got goaltender Josh Young. We've got forwards Nolan Nordstrom, Nordstrom Buck Wild, Mojo Rising, and Marco Swift, as well as fellow defensemen here, Eko Mikatikinen and Jack Hammer. Marco Swift put up a hat trick here in the preseason. We had uh, Iko Mika Tikkanen has a really nice offensive build, but his biggest hurdle is going to be the defensive cast in Detroit, just being so good that he might not get the amount of ice time or production that he needs to take home a trophy like this. And some of these other guys are potential big-time leaders for these expansion teams who are rookie heavy, so it's going to be exciting to see how they do, as well as some other guys like Andy Young who are on expansion teams but should see a big role come season two it's going to be exciting watching these award races and uh let's get some guests on the show here in uh in just a minute here all right so joining me now on the show here is ottawa co-owner league social media manager Kachak. how are you doing today squiffs good thank you for
1: having me on evan
0: glad to be here that's good yeah it's uh it's good to have you on you're the first guest we're having here on the show so uh yeah we'll see I'm, ex- I'm excited for it
1: awesome. I'm excited for being the first guest as well as the show itself so
0: yeah it's going to be uh, a lot of fun having this uh this podcast for the league now so i'm excited uh to see what people think when it goes along. um so this is your first year uh as a owner or co-owner i guess so how does it feel making that jump into ownership this season
1: a bit nerve-wracking at first um kind of scary uh not gonna lie um I remember I had long conversations with I think uh Ani Escola um I think Doug Glatt a couple of times uh just kind of talking about you know framework for it um you know time commitment and everything uh just so I had an idea uh and thankfully uh Adam Banks and I were teammates there and Calgary together, so we we were talking a lot, uh, as well as being uh, kind of co-general managers there for the Ottawa Sixty Sevens last season. Uh, So I had a lot of conversations, you know, regarding the team there. um, That kind of translated right away to being able to just kind of ask him if he had interest in being an owner. And first, he was hesitant as well, but you know, once we decided to do it together, it it was it it took that a lot of that pressure off. And honestly, uh, it's definitely made the league more enjoyable on my end and. Uh, I'm very happy that I went ahead and went with it and very happy to have adam there with me as well
0: yeah that's awesome yeah like you said it's a bit of a workload and a little nerve-wracking at times but uh, it um, I recommend it it's it makes uh, the league a lot more enjoyable i think kind of having that added investment and, and the strategy behind it so um so yeah obviously last season you spent uh on the staff with me in calgary there do you have uh, any advice or anything that you learned there that you wanted to share uh, with any aspiring owners maybe somebody thinking about applying for next season's ownership
1: yeah I think the biggest thing is to just kind of reach out to you know if you're on a team now just reach out to who your current owner is I remember I did that shortly after you drafted me and you know I I think I even said then I was real hesitant to take much role in it but I just kind of wanted to get my feet wet and uh, as the season progressed I was able to you know, help out a little bit more here and there and um, being able to just kind of learn how the strategies worked, how the lines operated um, and all the different little functions of the games, the progressions, uh, working with people themselves. So uh, I think, you know, just being able to kind of jump in somewhere and getting your feet wet uh, is a great first way to start or just talking with whoever your owner is, whoever your coach is. um, If you're not already in one of those positions, Uh, just to kind of get a feel for, you know, everything going on and uh, seeing how things might operate and seeing how you might help the league. Uh, I took over a social media manager last, last season. Um, Felt like that was a great way for me to help. I'm not great with stats, but, you know, people are good with stats. Uh, I know that we're looking for stats people. We're looking for social media people. Um, You know, any way to really help the league also is just a great way to kind of get involved and uh being able to just kind of have an open line of communication with the commissioners or any of the team owners uh can help give you that insight and just help give you, you know, kind of a extra boost uh towards, you know, if you want to go with an ownership or general manager type route. You know, you have a little bit of extra uh boost on your resume basically, um, for the league. So it's definitely definitely a way to get started at least.
0: Yeah, for sure. It always helps to to learn, obviously there's a lot of different aspects. Of this, so Anything you can do to get involved and, and kind of learn the ropes a little bit uh, is going to come in handy for sure. Um, so, our startup draft last year, um, we kind of did a little bit behind closed doors and then kind of had a live draft show. But this year, we actually went with a fully live draft picks on the air. And uh, I, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on how that draft experience went overall, how you enjoyed it, and then also how you think your team did with the
1: you know, I mean, not being able to see how the draft really happened last year. Um, you know, I was able to just kind of watch and see, you know, picks fly off. Um, you know, I do think there is an extra benefit of teams already knowing who, uh, or the owners at least knowing who was going where. So, you know, they could have a little bit more discussion and whatnot on the live show. Um, however, you know, with being on air, with being live, you know, I think there was just an extra benefit to the players. Um, being able to just discuss things and seeing how the draft played out itself, um, you know, being on a five minute clock, basically uh, seven minutes near the end, it was, you know, very enjoyable from at least our side, you know, being able to make those picks live and, you know, having to react and judge to see, you know, people getting sniped in front of us uh, and, you know, not trying to reveal our hand too much um, during commentating of these live picks as we're getting closer and closer to our pick, hoping that our guy falls to us.
0: Yeah, for, uh, it was definitely an experience. I remember having two uh, two different calls going with two different heads headphones at the same time, trying to balance uh, the draft call with my own team's war room and stuff. And you obviously helped us uh, set that up as well, so appreciate that too. But yeah, it's, it was a fun experience. So I'm looking forward to uh, to the next one too. Um, so what are your uh, your expectations for your team this season in Ottawa?
1: Well, I mean, of course being an expansion team, you know, the, the mindset going into it is, uh, you know, from a lot of people is, you know, expansion teams are never great. Um, you know, Vegas and real life is an outlier of course, but you know, for the most part, a lot of expansion teams struggle usually early on unless they're able to kind of will and deal. And uh, I think, you know, leading up to the draft, you know, we, we made a trade with St. Louis to net us, you know, two extra picks, you know, pretty early on in the draft. We made a trade with, uh, Vegas to also grab us uh, a decent pick so we gave up you know a little bit of future assets um, you know next season's draft you know hopefully um, you know we won't have too many uh, holes to fill and you know we can grab later on hopefully Uh, but you know being able to make these trades uh, I think really helped kind of put us into a position where you know we can be competitive with some of the teams um, that have already been in the league you know looking at teams like Detroit Philly and Vegas who had a lot of uh, retention uh, you know it's it's hard at times you know competing against uh, teams that have you know six seven eight twelve guys who have already have an entire season under their belt um, with all the progressions and everything logged you know where you know we're coming in with you know, seven eight guys who are pretty new to the league uh, you know have some progressions in mind and whatnot you know, offseason bonuses were definitely helpful but uh, hopefully, at the end of the day we can you know sneak into the playoffs and hopefully make our biggest noise there, um, making you know kind of a upset run Cinderella story towards towards the cup. so that's hopefully the goal. Um, obviously, things will change as season gets underway soon, so
0: but for sure that would be, uh, that would be for sure and yeah, it's with the season kicking off right away, it's gonna be. Uh... It's gonna be fun to see what happens with all these expansion teams and and uh, how the original six teams hold up. Um, yeah, you mentioned it a little uh, a little earlier, I think, with the first or second question here. But uh, you spent some time last season managing all the Ottawa Sixty Sevens, if my memory serves. Um, so how was that uh, overall experience for you? And uh, and just yeah, just kind of what was the minor system like managing a team for you?
1: Well, uh. At first, um, I was very, very excited for it, Um, but once, once I kind of got Adam on board, uh, I was able to just kind of like hand him more of the reins, uh, let him do some of the work. I knew, like I said, I had a lot of interest in ownership already. So as well as being GM there in Calgary, um, you know, I had had a decent amount on my plate as was in the league. So uh, being able to hand something over to Adam, being you know, kind of letting him do a lot of the in clubhouse work, um, as well as you know while both of us kind of, you know, did a few strats here and there, um, made the lines, even though it was, you know, a uh, minor, so lines would be rotated pretty often. So uh, that wasn't as important as it is now, but, you know, still being able to kind of get that experience, uh, I think it's really uh, invaluable to how it translates to now uh, being, you know, an owner. Uh, I, I really think that, you know, just in general, it made the league more fun then because I was able to interact with prospects and, in the clubhouse with him and as the draft was approaching you know just shooting messages to him being like hey like you know we're interested in you but obviously like you know we're not going to be able to grab everybody here um so best of luck you know wherever you end up if you know you're not here and so uh, I remember you know like a guy like Mojo Rising uh messaged me you know very early on in the course of taking over Ottawa 67s um and he was you know one of the guys that we get thankfully in the second round of the draft but he was a he's a very high target on ours. And we were worried that he wasn't going to make it past the first round. Uh, And a lot of that stemmed from him reaching out to us very early on being like, Hey, like, I'm super excited to play here. Uh, And that was just for the minors team. So, I mean, we knew that would translate well um, definitely from the players uh, perspective of it, just being uh, open and talking with, you know, whoever the minors general manager is and coaches are, you know, that's definitely going to help translate to, you know, draft stock or uh, anything like that in the future.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And your players reaching out like that, like Mojo Rising. Um, yeah, obviously you grabbed him a little early there uh in the second round, which is which is good to see because he seems active. He seems like he's gonna be a good player for you guys. And um he's one of the guys I highlighted a little earlier on the show as a candidate for the rookie of the year trophies. So we'll see how that goes for you guys. Uh but uh yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um for me as the new miners uh commissioner here. Um, I guess this next question is a little bit more out of personal interest, I guess, but is there anything that you think would um, improve your experience you had last season managing a minors team? Like anything you could do um, just to make it a little easier or or more informative on those minors owners?
1: Yeah, I think uh, just kind of, you know, I remember like we got welcomed into the GM chat uh, right there in the league. You know, of course it's, limited uh, league or team staff and owners uh, as well as league staff. So, um, you know, kind of getting, you know, all of this information brought onto you at once and being, you know, told to read all these pens. And there's, you know, at this point now, almost four months of possible pens being, you know, highlighted and kept and a whole bunch of information being thrown at you. I think consolidating that information and kind of highlighting what our goals are or our responsibilities um, and the best way that that can be translated into the game, uh, you know, as well as, you know, operating with players and working with them. Uh, I remember, you know, constant turnover and our side um, as like uh, on our team, you know, trying to help balance out the teams. And I think a lot of it could have been just easier if all the guys were just put onto one team and then, you know, the next set of guys were same thing. Um, That's of course, if we get to having multiple teams, you know, in the minor system this year for you. Uh, But I think the, the biggest thing is kind of consolidating information. So it's not, you know, Seventeen different things it feels like being thrown at you and telling you to read all of them in depth and uh hopefully you you got your uh reading goggles on and can read through them so
0: yeah, for sure. I remember even when I took over as owner um in the original six or somebody else is one of the team owners, but he kind of disappeared for a bit, so I kind of replaced him and come kind of was a couple couple weeks old and uh yeah, there was a lot to read then, so now it's been four or five months, something like that. So that's uh, definitely something to look at for sure. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all the questions I had. So thank you for coming on here. It, it was uh, it was a good time chatting with you. Do you have any uh, final thoughts you want to throw in here?
1: You know, I'm just super excited for the league. Um, excited to see how it keeps growing and what happens to it. And excited to see the Senators hoist up the, is the Stanley Cup or the Gretzky Cup. I don't know if we ever actually – resolved on that for the league but uh whichever cup it is the senators will be hoisting it at the end of the season too so we're excited to, excited for the season go senators and thank
0: you for having me on evan yeah it's good to have you and yeah i think it's the gretzky cup but it looks a lot like the stanley cup when the players are holding <laughs> it so uh yeah thanks for coming on and have a good one you too okay so joining me now here on the show is florida owner season champion, trev lopez how are you doing trevor i'm doing good evan um thanks for having me i'm glad to be here on the first episode sounds like fun awesome yeah i'm looking forward to uh to doing this pod and i think it's it's gonna be a good time so uh, so my first question i guess uh you and i were both original six owners but uh i actually came in to replace a uh ghost owner so i wasn't really involved in the early start of the league so i guess before everything kind of got going when you were part of that initial ownership group. Um what were your thoughts on the league? Did you ever think it would get this big? Did you think it would get bigger? Kind of what was the kind of feeling back then, if you remember?
2: Well, when I first got into this league, I truthfully had no idea what to expect. I know um Krieg was looking for recruits and um I just happened to stumble upon it. And when I first joined ownership, I was under the impression this would be like maybe a 100-person league at most. I thought it would just be between friends of friends. But to see it flourish into a league of this size with 10 teams of full rosters, that's a lot more than I could have envisioned. But it just goes to show how well Glatt and Krieg really pulled through with this. They did a great job, and um, it's far more than I could have anticipated. But I'm glad to have been there through every step of it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like even when I joined ownership, I didn't expect it to get to be this big. I mean, we were running six teams with like just over half rosters. So to see it get to 10 teams at 19 apiece plus minors, it's uh it's really cool to see it. So so that's good. Um so obviously you guys uh, are coming off a season 1 championship, um trying to defend that here as we get uh get the season started. What do you credit your season 1 with? season one win with like, is it uh, like, is there anything specific that you guys did or, or anything like that that you think really helped put you guys over the top?
2: Um, to me, if I had to say one key outlier, I generally think it was speed. When you look at our team's overall stats on offense and defense, our overalls are towards the bottom of the league. But when you look at the stat sheet, it doesn't really count speed as to either offense nor defense. And we had two of the fastest guys in the league in Bear and McSteel. So, overall, we were fortunate enough to be able to outspeed our opponents at every given corner. So, while we weren't necessarily as strong on offense or defense, that one little advantage was enough to push to the top, and even against the mighty Detroit Red Wings, which, on paper, should have been the better team, but... We were lucky to outspeed them, outmaneuver them, and that got us to the win.
0: Yeah, for sure. Even just watching the games, you can see how big of a a role speed plays sometimes. And seeing some of the bigger like defensive defensemen and enforcer defensemen just get kind of blown by um, really makes you think about investing in that for sure. Um, do you have any tips or advice for anyone aspiring to become an owner, whether we expand again or a team needs a new owner or co-owners, anything like that? Um, any tips for for people in that position?
2: I think the biggest tip I can give to any owner is be social, not just with players on your own team, players on other teams as well. You want people to look at you not just as a mighty leader just to you rule your team. You want people to be to look at you as someone they can respect. Someone who's friends with people on all sides. Treats everyone fairly. Someone who treats their players with the same loyalty they want to get from their players. At the end of the day, it's all about respect. I want, to, I want players to play for me knowing they buy into what I'm selling. They want to buy into the team aspect. This is a player's league, after all. And at the end of the day, players should be the player's happiness should be a priority.
0: Yeah, for sure. And obviously, if people aren't enjoying it, then I mean, they'll leave or the league won't grow anymore. And yeah, you want people to be happy and enjoy doing this, because I mean, that's what we're doing here. We're playing a game, we're trying to have some fun. So yeah, definitely uh, makes sense there. So you were part of our startup draft, where we did the draft kind of behind closed doors, and then did a live show um, with all the owners. And then you were also obviously part of uh, the season two draft, where no picks were made ahead of time and it was all made live on the clock um, on a live stream. So I guess, what was your, like, what did you think of the experience with the live draft and kind of comparing the two and, and uh, how you, how you think your team did in the draft as well?
2: Um, all right. So for the live draft, I will honestly say it was far more, what's the right term here. I would probably have to say stressful for lack of better words. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Cause you know, when you had the startup draft. There wasn't really a set clock. You just picked as you went. But having 10 minutes for, the, for your first round pick to decide your next face of the franchise, you know, it's tough to do when you're on the clock. And then when you get down to the mid-round picks, you start going to guys you have less knowledge about. You didn't scout as much. So you really have to struggle to find a diamond in the rough there. And to a lot of other teams' credits, that's where good scouting comes in. Now, as for how I feel we did, I'm honestly pretty ecstatic. We did have one player in Leahy that unfortunately didn't check in. But we got Nordstrom, who I expect to be an amazing shooter as he develops a future top six lineman or a future future role on the top six for our lines. Um, One guy I really think that should be looked at as a sleeper is Ray Raymond, our seventh round center. A good build, great attitude, a solid playmaking center—exactly the type of player all teams need on their lines. Someone I think you're, that the rest of the league should be keeping on notice. We got Moon, who we traded up for, and I'm sure there's a lot of criticism behind back doors about or behind closed doors on trading up for our future first and second round picks for a player. But if there's one player, do it for. I would do it for Moon again in a heartbeat. I had him picked as a um, top three defenseman in the draft. I think that Moon is going to exceed that as time goes on. I'm very happy to bring him in there. Overall, our draft, probably not as flashy as the other draft classes, but we filled the needs we needed, and I'm excited to see what this young core can do as it grows with our vets.
0: Yeah. I mean, on the Moon topic, like, At that same time, we were looking at trading up into that same range, and as soon as your trade went through, we kind of just stopped sending out messages because we knew that was a price we couldn't necessarily pay, but uh, obviously it's worth it for a guy like Moon. He's a great guy, somebody we were looking at as well. I know he's a fan of the Flames, and we were hoping to bring him in, but um, yeah, you got him. He's a good guy. I think he signed long-term for you guys, too, so that's a a big get. Um, Definitely worth the price you paid. So uh, yeah, it's good to be aggressive and go get your guys for sure. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So what are your uh, expectations for the Florida Panthers this season?
2: Well, I think the one expectation we have is the same that any of the original six teams should have, and that's to win. You know, we, we're coming off of a, of a championship, and the one thing I can guarantee all the other teams in the league are saying is that we lost a lot of our core. We lost McSteel, we lost Jiggins, we lost Eller and Blades. And while those are huge losses, I still have plenty of faith in the guys we brought in and the um, guys we still have. We still have guys like Beamer, Bayer, um, we brought in Adams and Free Agency. I feel very confident about our team going further. Um, of course, you saw teams like Vegas, Detroit, your team Calgary all improving. And the competition is going to be a lot harder this year, more so than the first season. But I, as a coach, I have faith in my guys. I know that they're going to keep progressing. We're going to give it our all every single week, and if all goes well, I hope to see us carrying them, Lord St- or Lord Gretzky, two times in a row. That's the that's the end game. That's what we want the most.
0: Right. Yeah. And like you said, that's got to be. At least in the mind of most of the original six teams at this point, and even some of the expansion teams. I mean, if preseason's any indication, they're not just going to roll over and uh, and be easy wins either. So it's going to be fun to see how this season shakes out for sure. Um. So, what would you say is your favorite or enjoyable part of the league since you've been in it?
2: Oh man, that's favorite part of the league. Um. Honestly, I would probably have to say, well. Yeah, game day, I would have to say. Seeing how... First of all, I just want to bring attention to how well both Glatt and Krieg execute the Twitch streams. Seeing the effort they put in on a weekly basis is incredible. I know I could not be that diligent with constantly maintaining a stream, making sure all things go right on a daily basis three to four times a week. I couldn't do that. I give them props for all they do. But what makes me so happy is seeing how excited every player gets in the Twitch chat, seeing the constant trash talk, the back and forth, seeing everybody cheering on their own teams. It's truly a one-of-a-kind of experience, and it, it makes me happy to see that. Uh, not e- Even players that aren't on my own team, seeing how excited they get over their plays with every single goal, every single hit, every single win, it's... It's inspiring. and it makes me happy to see a league that, as we mentioned, I had no idea would get this big, grow such a fan base in such a short amount of time, truly goes to show how well it was executed by ownership. I'm extremely proud to see it day in and day out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously the game day, it's when there's the most excitement. Players get to see themselves play. And um, for us owners, it's also kind of when all the work that we put in behind the scenes with drafting and trades, waivers and then lineups and strategies and all that, it kind of all comes together and we get to see, see the actual product of all that work. So it's definitely a a fantastic part. And like you said, Krieg and Glatt uh, in an incredible amount of work to make this thing happen and uh, hats off to them and seeing them do that really makes it easy for guys to willingly take on bigger roles in the league. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been uh, been a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, that's the last question I have for you. Do you have kind of finishing thoughts you wanted to throw out there?
2: Um, Honestly, if I had to say one thought, I would probably say just thank you. Not just to Glatt and to Krieg, because gods know the amount of work they put in on a daily basis is far too intense for an average man to go through. God knows they had so many headaches on a daily basis and it's incredible what they do and I'm grateful they let me be a part of this league and I'm grateful especially for the people in it you know um, to anybody who's listening to this, thank you for joining us um, you know we could this is a players league and we couldn't have done it without all the massive support we get between the subscribers on Twitch and more importantly, the people who are active in the chat day in and day out. Um, this is a masterpiece of a league that's been put together and it couldn't be done without any of you guys. So thank you for everything.
0: Absolutely. I mean, this community is incredible for such a short time together. I'll throw a quick shout out to uh, Eric Davis, the other deputy commissioner that was promoted late last season. Um, he's done a lot of work behind the scenes. So when the uh, new stat Sheets start getting populated, guys. uh, You're going to see all his work come to fruition, and I think it's going to be really great for the league too. Uh, Well, thanks for your time today, Trev, and uh, good luck this season. It was nice having you on the show. And same to you, Evan.
2: Good luck to your Flames next year, um, or this year, I should say. My bad. And I'm looking forward to our annual blast, blasty bowl, as I like to call it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I'm I'm Uh, sure
2: Beamer is too.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. Take care. Take care. Thank you. All right. So that's going to do it for today's episode of the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. It was a lot of fun bringing this podcast to you guys and I'm hoping to do it weekly as long as the schedule lines up with everything. And uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I hope you enjoyed my talks with Squibbs and Trev. There are a couple of uh, owners in this league and, there's a lot of good insight to take from what they had to say. So I hope you uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. And make sure you guys subscribe and tune in and keep an eye out for the next episode. Until next time, talk later.